Hey, what's up, party people? Walls here. Hope you guys are doing well. I am with, uh, I'm so happy right now because I am actually recording this podcast with Mr. Walters and uh, his son, Daniel. We just did an episode of AHS Off Topic together. It's really fun. If you don't know, Mr. Walters has a podcast. It's AHS Off Topic. Uh, it's usually with uh, more esteemed guests than, uh, than myself, uh, but it's go check it out. Uh, it's everywhere, right? Yeah, everywhere. And what are you talking about? You're the first guest we've had. Well, I guess no, because I guess they're all hosts. <laughs> they were all hosts. They're, hosts. So, they're all yeah. hosts before. So it's a it's a cadre of hosts. Uh, very funny, very funny people. It's one of those that to me, uh, I've I've laughed out loud several times in all the episodes that uh, that I've I've listened to, and I've and I talk to all those kids on a daily basis. Uh, so like it's just it's they're just really funny people that are constantly uh, uh, putting out good stuff. Okay, so uh, for my podcast, Walls Cast, we're going to start off. I'm going to ask uh, Daniel and then uh, Mr. Walters uh, what are some songs they've been jamming to. I'm going to get into some songs that I've been jamming to. And then I've got a couple of questions I want to ask them to get their opinion on uh, that I've been actually wanting to ask uh, for a while. So, uh, yeah, anyways, okay, first, uh, Daniel. So I'm worried now. Uh, no pressure, but uh, what is the name of a song? That you have been jamming to lately that I can add to the uh, the Walls Cast playlist. Um, I've been listening to uh, it, well, it's kind of got two names to it. Uh, it's called Shaboom or Life Could Be a Dream Shaboom. by the Chords. I know that song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he's he's an old soul. Do I well, name two or one? Man, whatever whatever you're feeling. You know, there's no rules. There's no and uh, Life is the Highway. Life is a Highway by Rascal Flats. The Tom Cochran version is better, but if you must put Rascal Flats, go ahead. Okay, hang on a second. So Life is a Highway. I know, I know I've heard the Rascal Flats version. I like Rascal Flats. Now you say Tom Cochran? Tom Cochran. He was the original artist of it. Really? Is he the What song am I thinking of? Okay, never mind, never mind. In my head, I like I started thinking about um, it wasn't that song. What's the Here I Go Again on My Own? Ah, okay, uh, that's White, well, White Snake. Snake. Right? Yeah, okay, White Snake. so okay, gotcha. So I n- I never knew Life Is a Highway was Tom Cochran. So I've learned things. Yeah, that's what happens when you get a former classic rock DJ on your podcast. So what's the uh, what's the what's the vibe that 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 makes you appreciate those songs, Daniel? Why do you like them? Um, well, I grew up with them with my childhood. I love he's talking about his childhood at the age of 14. Yes. Like it's all these years ago. Oh, yeah. Back, no, when, I, back well, when I was a kid. When uh, Cars 1 came out, those were the two songs that stuck with me because those were basically the only two songs in it. Yeah. And yeah. Cars is still my favorite movie to this day. We took him, uh, his first movie we took him to see was Cars 2, like in theaters. Okay. So, you know, he's kind of grown up with the, that series. And my wife course. and I are big NASCAR fans, so it kind of just bled into that. Or we were. We haven't really gotten into it lately anymore. But at the time he was little, we were big and NASCAR I, fans. And I like the uh, song so much, I was like, hey, I want to listen to that. So as I grew up, I was like, I got to find the name of it. So I just searched on YouTube for a bunch of times. Until I found it, and then I just started listening to it constantly. Oh man, you're that <laughs> I just you're so lucky. I remember, you know, I, oh gosh, uh, there was a movie that came out. I don't remember the movie. You know, I I, I love soundtracks for films, mm-hmm. but you had to like you would go see the movie, and then you'd have to go to like Planet Music or like you know, somewhere else and buy the you know, the CD 
uh, the album. Yeah. yeah. And so if there was a movie and it didn't have a, a album inspired by or songs inspired, if it didn't have mm-hmm. something, you had to just, you had to just word of mouth it. You had to figure it out. Like what's that? Or like wait for the credits or whatever. Then. Yeah. Uh, and they try to find it and like, oh, what was this? What was this? Man, the benefit, you know, or go on. You know, then eventually you had Napster where you could, you know, kind of figure it out. Very cool, man. Okay. So we got Shaboom, Life Could Be a Dream by the Chords and uh, Life is a Highway. So, so in, it, I, there's the connection there. We got life could be a dream, but it could also be a highway. We're talking, you know, we, yeah, life could be, you know, whatever you make it. I guess. All right, all right, Walters. Dream or highway. Um, Elder Walters. Walters. Okay, well, here's my problem with this. Um, I have stopped listening to a lot of music these days. Like I do audiobooks and podcasts all the time now, like when I'm driving and at night. So I'm not jamming out to music like I used to all the time. So I'm going to kick back just a couple classics okay. rather than specifically what I've been listening to lately. Just things that have like stuck with me for years, I you know, it. and things that I kind of come back around to. Yeah. Um, I come back around a lot to the blues and I'm a real big fan of that genre as a whole. But uh, specifically, I've been listening to a little bit of uh, Muddy Waters and Howlin' Wolf. And it honestly doesn't matter what song of theirs you pick. It's going to work. Uh, anything by them is going to be solid. But the one that I've uh, really been listening to more than the others is the... Uh, uh, I can't even think of the name of it now, but it's like it goes how, 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 how by Howlin' Wolf. And the name just escapes me at the moment. Um, but it's off the uh, Blues Brothers soundtrack. Yeah. So um, talking about movie soundtracks and bleeding into that. But that's like one of my favorite musicals and movies ever is Blues Brothers. So anything out of there, like that's kind of my vibe in general. Uh I got. Uh, I, I was. I guess I was a White Stripes fan for a while. Yeah. Uh, you know, like not like a, you know Die Hard, but I appreciate what they were doing. Just the, I kind of got it into the White Stripes and the, the Black Keys, kind of at the same time. Where there was this kind of, I, I don't know. Well, there's uh, a dichotomy there that works too. Yeah. There you go. White Stripes. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even think about that. Uh, but you had like you know literally like a drummer and a guitarist, um, and that's how you know both of those bands kind of got started. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the White Stripes have developed into a more like a, a, a more fleshed out band I guess yeah and there's another oh gosh there's a band out of England it's the same way it's a percussionist and a bassist um and I don't remember anyways anyways but uh so Jack White put out a new record and uh it's got a Cab Calloway yeah uh sample to the song oh, the song's called Heidi Ho and it is weird. yeah 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 Many of the Moocher it is a weird weird song but it opens up with a the sample of um Cab Calloway's kind of improv, like scat. Yeah, scat, yeah. Um, at the beginning of the Heidi Ho Man song. And it just boggles my mind that, like, some of these guys, like, some of the, you know, these cool, hip people would just get up in front of a mic and just be like, just making noise. Yeah, man. just like, making sound. The sheer confidence to step up to a mic and just make And to noise. have the entire audience repeat it back to you. You know, that it's just mm-hmm. like, wow, that's power. Uh, um, uh, Freddie Mercury did the same thing, though. <laughs> If you look back at the, you know, the big classic Live Aid concert with Freddie Mercury, like that's what he was doing is basically it was scat. It was just, you know, 50 years later and the whole audience was just living it, loving it with him. It was awesome. Well, then you got uh, Jonathan Davis of Corn. Yeah. He, uh, he'll, he'll do it. Uh, fun stuff. 
Okay, so uh, let's get to my. Uh, I want to throw one other thing oh, in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, please. Um, I'm just, taking notes here. Ow, I'm slapping microphones. That's not good. And we're making your podcast sound bad. And now my mic's cutting out. We're talking about all my fancy equipment, and then I'm like ruining things. Speaking of, uh, so now we got to throw sabotage by the Beast. Yes, Boys we're sabotaging everything. But no, what I was going to say is the songs. I come back to the blues a lot, but like the most recent songs that I've been listening to is uh, Foo Fighters. Oh yeah, I've been a lot of Foo Fighters lately. Uh, you know, after you know the passing and the band uh-huh. and everything, I kind of went back and started listening to it again. And the song that has really been hitting me out of theirs um, is the best. I mean, it really is. That's that's one of the things is people are going to try to get the best of you sometimes, mm-hmm. and you've got to decide whether your life's a highway or your life is a dream and get out there and do what's best and Uh, do the the best things for you for dad's for dad's like favorite music stuff you don't really need to write much you can just put in parentheses any 80s rock that that'll (laughs) yeah that'll work that'll work yeah the 92.3 um i appreciate you making that connection there you know that's a, you know, that's one thing that you know the the I guess the 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 the, the you know, I guess we're back into more precedented times, but during the unprecedented times, it really kind of forced you to think about like okay, I, I can only give so much. There's a whole lot going on, but like who am I giving the best of me to? Right, like right. we lost Walter. Yeah, um, we sit here and brag about my equipment, and then it all starts stops working on me. I don't know if it's the microphone or the cable, but this is the second cable I've put on here. Nobody move. It could be the fact that I changed my mic. Like, I don't normally use this mic on the podcast, but I swapped it in because I'm like, hey, I'm going to get one of the nicer mics oh, and use it go. now because the other five guys are gone. And nope. Nope. Okay, I really want to ask you guys. My, so I'm going to give my recommendations. Now, the first one is a song that I completely and totally don't understand. And, okay. when, and when I don't understand the, the, the origin of a song, I, I usually look it up. But for this one, I don't want to look it up because I really just don't want to know. I just want it. For, but it's called uh, Take Your Mama Out All Night. By the Scissor Sisters. Okay. Okay. Uh, and this is yeah. You you guys can listen to it. And I'll, I, I if I get my uh, my act together and I'll kind of I'll try to throw in some clips in the podcast and a in post and whatnot. Uh, but uh, yeah. So I I I got into the Scissor Sisters recently. They're like it was on an indie playlist. I was we were driving down the road and I needed something. Uh, if you guys don't know, Spotify has a uh, raised on um series of playlists like raise on indie raise on metal raise on pop rock whatever and it's just stuff that's that's car friendly for for kids mm-hmm. or whatever uh but basically yeah, the whole vibe of that song is i guess i get a lot of elton john in there it's just that kind of you got kind of, kind of some freewheeling piano in the background you got the, the the guitar a guitar solo you got you know it, it's a very it's a party vibe uh, I'm going to throw on fake it till you make it by the von tramps they are a ska punk band out of the midwest uh, love a good uh, ska punk band. You're going to get notes of uh, on that track if you are an old school No Doubt fan. Again, I apologize for this clicking of the mic. My entire mic stand just fell. I don't know if you oh. noticed that or not, but it just like fell off the cart. That I uh, this is what happens when people brag about your equipment. Everything goes wrong. So no I apologize worries. there. No, we're good. It's, it, we could re-record. We could do whatever you. I, would say I, I, I like realism. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll clean this up the best I can for you, but we'll just go on with it. So, uh, well, this word's relevant here because I know sometimes you have to isolate specific things in an audio thing. But there's a there's a band out of Memphis called Burn the Witch. Okay. Uh, you know, I'll give you three guesses as to the genre of music, but the first two don't count. Uh, <laughs> well, if you had to guess, if you had to guess, Burn the Witch. 
metal. Um, I would, I would, I was gonna say uh, K-pop. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Country. Well, well, stuff that comes out of that's one thing I will never understand. Never, I say never. That I, I, I do find fascinating about stuff that comes out of. Uh, that whole uh, manga anime scene, the the some of the the stuff uh, is like just the the just some of the word salad titles they come up with. Oh yeah, or in, in, you might have something that's called Burn the Witch, but the characters are like really cute and mm-hmm. like pleasant looking. I don't know. Anyways, yeah. Burn the Witch is a metal band. They're out of Memphis, and uh, they put out a song called Isolation. Uh, that's really good. So that's my that's my metal selection for the, this episode. Nice. And I bring that up because I just learned that in I think in October of 2022, uh, there's going to be a heavy metal festival at Beach Lake in uh, Lexington. Nice. <laughs> I think the way that I heard about that is uh, Allison Templeton, uh, um, uh, who used to work here at AHS, turned me on to a band called Red Mountain out of Corinth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Following. I know them. I, I know Dave. He's, and, he's a great guy. And they're going to be there. So I follow okay. them on Facebook, and it popped up. And I was like, there's a heavy metal festival because you're in, you know, at the local, like you know, 50 minutes away from where I live. That's nice. Go it. <laughs> go it. Okay, so this next, uh, well, I guess, so this is actually two questions. I, I'm cheating, but so I, I still have to shout Cheat out. Cheat away, it's fine. Uh, there's a band I have, uh, I've, I've grown to love over the years called Turnstile. They're a, a punk band out of uh, Maryland, I believe. I've put them on the podcast before and on the playlist. I've talked to about them, but they are blowing up. I recently saw them perform live on the Late Show with Jimmy Kimmel. They've been on the show that Seth Meyers does, I think. Yeah. Uh, not Jimmy Kimmel. Um, he does music. He has great music guests sometimes, but not Jimmy. What's the, Jimmy Fallon? Jimmy Fallon. They just played There's Jimmy too Fallon. Many Jimmy's in late night. Um, and he, they did uh, the one with Seth Meyers. Anyways, they're blowing up. And I know throughout history, some of my favorite bands uh, that have been, especially like punk or metal, uh, that, that when they blow up, a certain chunk of their fan base turns against them. Yeah, and so like, I guess, oh, you're just a sellout, that kind of whole so thing. So I'm going to throw this out to you guys. Is there, have you experienced that before? And have you been like me where I remember specifically being like this with Linkin Park? I remember I felt like among my friend group, I had discovered Linkin Park somehow. And this, yeah. is, you know, and this is before I understood the, how, how regions work, how radio play works in specific cities and mm-hmm. markets and whatnot. I stumbled across a band called Linkin Park. They were not on the radio in Memphis. And then all of a sudden they were on the radio and I was like, oh man, like everyone found out about my cool band. Yeah. Like, um, that, that little hipster vibe thing going yeah. on there. Uh, I remember the same thing with Green Day, the same thing with Weezer. Um, you know, by the time I, I got to Metallica, they had already sold out. Right. Uh, uh, so I'm going to open that. Yeah. Do you think that bands lose a certain something something? when they go big or is it all just in our heads um yes and no uh yeah that's a that's a i I, I, i'm one of those that there's no ah, i'm gonna throw my podcast equipment through the window um you want to talk out of mine there's there's no simple answer to stuff like that because i can think of bands where yes that totally happened and they totally sold out and i don't like them anymore um my number one example of that is Smash Mouth. Um, I was a fan of Smash Mouth's first album uh, when Walking on the Sun 
came out and I was like, oh, I love walking on the sun. Might as well be walking on the sun. Loved it. It was so cool. Um, they were just like this kind of ska, kind of pop uh-huh. rock. I mean, like, this was a fun band. And then All Star came out and just bleh, everything after that. I'm like, no. Wait, Just so know. Walking on the Sun and All Star on different albums? Yeah, I can't. I I I'm not a I'm not a Smash Mouth aficionado. Yeah, I, I mean I I wasn't a huge fan, but a friend of mine turned me on to uh, uh, to All Star or not All Star to Smash Mouth back when the first their first album it was uh, Fushu Mang was a big deal, and I loved it. It was it was a great album, and I listened to it, but. Uh, when the all-star came out on their, uh, next album, I can't even remember the name of the album now, but I think my biggest problem with it was the music video. Okay. And the music video was a big promotion for mystery men. Oh yeah. And it was all just like mystery men stuff all throughout it. And I'm just like, no, come on guys. And was that a Ben Stiller video? Yes. Ben Stiller. And it crashed out and did not do well. And, uh, yeah, and then they All Star became an old, outdated song, and then got picked up by Shrek when it was already outdated, and just and went away. And they were huge and overplayed, and da 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 da. And to me, that was that was the band that did that. That like got big, sold out, and no. But you look back at other bands that got big and had this huge surge, and you know became more popular than ever. And still tra- stayed true to who they were. Um, bands like ACDC is a good example. I listened to one of your other podcasts a while back where you talked about after the death of Bon Scott, how you know they took over and kept going and kept the band alive and kept going and got bigger than they ever were before. I don't think they sold out. I think they've been them. They stayed true to who they were. Uh, and they didn't change things just because they get, were big and famous and popular. They stayed who they were no matter what. So I think it can go both ways. I think individual bands can stay true to their main vibe and keep with it. But I also think there's parts where it sells out and the art is damaged by it. And I think it's much more likely that when you get big and get rich, you're going to start being influenced by other things and start chasing money more than chasing your art. And the art's going to suffer for it. Uh, What about Journey? Don't stop believing. Is yeah, did I don't know much about them. <laughs> well, Journey's a good band, and I think I, they're one of those. I think as they got big, they got better. Mm-hmm. You know, as their bigger stuff did get better. Um, so yeah. All right, Daniel. Thoughts specific? Do you, have a, do you have a specific band in mind, or do you think are there underground bands anymore? Like, is, is that a thing? Um. um. There, I think there are a couple of like underground bands that don't that don't play like out loud and like, not out loud. Well, like don't play if, big stadiums. Don't play big mm. stadiums like out in front of everybody or stuff like that. Um, I think a good example of like those underground bands and stuff like that are are people like Red Mountain, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. is like they're they're playing this because they love it. Uh, there's a country song actually, and is it Luke Combs that sings it? It was like, do it. What would I be doing we'll if I wasn't that, doing this? We'll get back to that heavy sigh in a minute. Yeah, uh, and you know, I'm not a big fan of modern country, but I like the 
the theme of that song is if I wasn't doing this, I'd still be doing this. Because the question is, if you weren't this huge mega superstar, if you weren't touring all over the country, if you weren't this famous person in music, what would you be doing? He's like, well, I would still be touring and performing music. It would just be in a smaller venue. Like I'd be working whatever job I was doing during mm-hmm. the week to pay for the fact that this weekend I'm going to play at three different places ever at, over different nights and, you know, do what I can to keep playing music and keep performing my my songs. And I think that's the difference with these bands is, are you doing this because, hey, we're rich and famous now? Are you doing it because even if this all fell away, I would still, you know, grab my guitar and my amp and hit this local bar and still play. You know, if you're that guy, it doesn't matter how much money you have. You're still going to be doing that. But I think there's a lot of people who, yeah, they're talented and yeah, they're okay. And they're pretty good at this. And then when they got big, all the money went to their heads. But Mm -hmm. if you have that idea that no matter what happens, I'm doing this because I love doing it, then you're going to be okay. Not a Luke Combs fan there, Daniel. I think he has more against his fandom than he does the guy himself. Oh, oh that's that, yeah, that's a whole other issue. That's a whole other issue. That's a whole other issue. Just let me tell you something. Uh-oh. Don't name names. I want to so bad. Can I just say the group? Just say people I know. Okay, the people I know, I'm getting tired of them. All they play is country music. And they hate any other type of music. So I'm about sick of it. They have a musical thing out at Mickey that they did with one of his classes where they would play music and everybody could put music on the playlist, kind of like your Spotify playlist. The problem is uh, there was a certain group of like country super fans who would get control and skip everybody else's songs. So like, yeah, was no, no shade against those people. If they're, if they happen to listen to this, you know, yeah, but expand horizons, man. You gotta nothing wrong with liking what you like, but you know, don't skip everybody else's stuff. Give everybody a chance to listen mm-hmm. to what they like. I listen. I remember, you know, there's there are certain formative moments, you know, in your in your life that you just hang on to, even though you should probably let them go. But uh, I remember uh, we had a similar situation in a music class when I was in, gosh, I guess middle school, and everyone got to bring with you know a CD and play yeah. one track from their CD or whatever. And I forget what everyone else was playing. It, you know, it was probably a lot of boy band stuff, New Kids on the Block, yeah, that kind of stuff. But I threw on you know, ten. By uh, by Pearl Jam, and I wanted everyone to hear the song "Even Flow" because it was just yeah, it's just a, it's just a rock tune, man. Yeah, you got you got to get it's, it's heavy on the you know, it's guitar forward. I was you know, this was a time when a lot of the music that was being played wasn't very guitar forward. I just wanted to hear a rock song. It had that whole '90s like yeah, 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 I got you. And it came on, and man, everyone just started like laughing, like, "What is this?" And I was like, "Oh man, like, I really wanted to share this with you guys." And that was you know, that's you know, the the vibe. You know, like you guys are, are fans and, you know, you guys will take the time to sit down and say, listen, I really want you to experience this because of what it is and what it has to offer. And I really think that this will be good, you know, whatever, not just background noise or right, you know, something having right. the background. And in that moment, it was it, it, I kind of figured out oh, I am a fan of this music and I want to share it with other people versus they don't they don't care about. They're just playing the songs. Like, yeah. You know, it's it's not a thing for them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, sometimes it can be tough being the only person in the room that cares about the, what that kind of thing. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I guess, and speaking of caring, speaking of appreciating things, here's the question that I've been dying to ask you specifically, Mr. Walters. Okay. Uh, oh, no. And uh, and and other people in, in the building, and I hope to do this again soon uh, with uh, other people in the building. But okay, so you read 
Yes, right? I do. I but do. But you read. also write things, right? You, yes. you read and write things. I, I'm okay, trying. So, so yeah. both of you, both of you. Okay. Yes. Sorry. We actually have a uh, series of books, kind of, that we're okay. working on together. I can dig so. it. So you guys participate in the thing that you enjoy as well. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the question Do you have to participate in the thing that you enjoy in order to truly appreciate it? To be a true fan of something, do you also have to participate in it? And if so, mm. what does that participation look like? I'm, mm, that's a hard question, but I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes, but my definition definition of participation may be different than what other people's are. So like uh, when it comes to writing, writing has given me such a greater appreciation for other people's writing. When I read what other people have written, I now understand the agonizing time and mm -hmm. the amount of, oh, this is awful. And why did I do this? And da, 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 that goes into it. And it makes me appreciate what they have written a whole lot more than I did when I was just a reader going, where's my next book? Well, mm -hmm. I, I want the next book in the series. Why isn't it out yet? Da, 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 da. I appreciate that more, I think. Um, on the other side of that is I'm not a musician. I don't play music, but I like music and I like listening to music and I'm a former DJ and I, I played music on the radio for years and talked about it and everything. And I appreciate that music. I feel as though through that world, I did participate even though I didn't play. I participated. I was involved in the world. I went to concerts. I was involved with the people that did play the music, even though I didn't play myself. And I think I had an appreciation for it. And I think that involvement gave me a appreciation for things, even though I didn't understand every nuance of playing the music. That participation by being involved in that world, by being in the backstage area and helping people out at concerts, by helping set up sound equipment and do that, it gave me an appreciation, even though I wasn't a musician. I was still able to appreciate what these musicians were doing and the stuff they were going through. And did I understand it completely? No. But I, it gave me a new appreciation by being involved in that way. So I think, yes, you need to be involved. But that involvement doesn't mean that you have to do everything that they do. You don't have to try to play every song that you listen to. You don't have to try to learn to play this guitar lick on the guitar to enjoy it. You don't have to write the next great American novel in order to enjoy the next great American novel. But I fully believe you should write something. You know, I think everybody should write something, whether it's a, a poem or a short story. Everybody should try that. Everybody should you know, try to make music. I can't play an instrument. I mess around in GarageBand and make tunes and loops and stuff in there uh, because that's where my talent lies. That's what I can do to be involved in that world. And I think it gives me a deeper appreciation than if I had never tried that. Um, I think that there is an appreciation that comes through expertise, but there's nothing wrong with being a fan either. Young Walters, your perspective, is it? Uh, yes and no. <laughs> hey, that's my answer. You can't copy. Give me the give me the no. Like so. The no. Um, let's think. Restate the question. So, can you truly appreciate something unless you participate in it? Like, you know, I I I've recently begun to try to learn a, a few Metallica riffs just so that I I feel like I will have a better appreciation for their music if I learn how to 
make the same sounds happen? Um, or am I, am I just as much a music fan? Do I have just as much a right to enjoy Metallica if all I ever do is listen to them on the radio or go to their concerts or her? Uh, I would definitely think, like, uh, if you try to do, if you try and, like, learn their riffs and stuff they do, you'll have more of an appreciation for it. And it's basically what my dad just said. Having more of an appreciation for it because that's what they do and you'll see how hard they worked to get that certain riff. And if you just listen to it, that's fine because you appreciate their work. And if you're not working backstage or helping out and you're just going to the concert, that's also supporting them, saying to them that you like their music and that's what they think. This many people likes our music. And yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, I can I can dig it. So, yeah. what, what kind of what you're saying is that consumption counts as participation? Yes, yes. Yeah, and, like and just going I'm cool to, with that. Yeah. You know, that's but that's one thing. You know, especially like you know, switching from you know, and why, in, even in the classroom, like in your in your class, like I guess we've all been involved in the creative endeavors. You know, that the you know when I taught English, uh, we didn't just read; we also wrote. When, mm-hmm. you, when you you guys don't just watch movies, you make them. Right. Um, you know, in coding, we don't just you know, read other people, you know, we, we try to create, you know, something. Um, is it better? Oh man. It, and I'm going to say this, it depends in a lot of ways because I have had a lot of kids mad at me because my AV class has ruined the magic of movies for them because they don't know, they didn't know about, you know, shot types and angles mm-hmm. and what kind of emotion comes from this angle and what this makes you feel. And once you decode that, you can never go back to not knowing. You can never close your eyes and just sit back and enjoy the movie because you're going to be watching the technical aspects of it. You're going to be kept catching, okay, they were trying to get this emotion, so they did this, this, and this. And it does give you a, a better appreciation for the skill behind it. But sometimes it pulls you out of the movie. And instead of experiencing it as they intended you to, you're experiencing it more uh, critical and not necessarily as a bad way critical. Just you're noticing things that you didn't notice before and at times not enjoying movies that you used to enjoy because you're seeing things that could have been done better or you're seeing errors that didn't weren't so glaring before that you glossed over because you didn't have that knowledge and that's one of the dangers of getting involved in it is you learn more and then you are more involved so you notice things you didn't notice before and i've had that side of things come up too and that's why my mother doesn't like me and dad watching a movie with her because <laughs> we will sit there and i will call out hey that's a green screen or hey they just dropped that from out of random Hey, there's the bell. Time to switch classes, guys. <laughs> um, but yeah, she does not like going to the movies with us because, Mm-mm. or she likes going to the movies. She doesn't like the ride home from the movies because we're we'll, picking it apart. We're picking it apart and telling her about it. And it's like, I just want to enjoy the movie and go home. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I could turn that part of my brain off pretty well. I like a lot. And I think being a horror fan, uh, especially like a, a an indie horror fan, just because uh, I, I a lot of the stuff that I watch in that genre relies heavily on practical effects because you right. don't have a whole lot of budget for the 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 CGI and whatnot and I guess you know because there's just I guess a lot you know monsters and blood and gut and stuff in horror films 
the, that are out of the ordinary, they have to, you know, so the practical effects can sometimes look very, very cheesy, mm-hmm. but you just kind of go give with it, it to them. Yeah. Because it's like, I get the vibe. I get what you're going for. Students, lunch is in the cafeteria. It's like students. Yeah. That's summer school's going on too. I hate so, summer yeah. school. Um, I get what you're saying. And a lot of that's that suspension of disbelief. You know, I do a lot of theater and going to a theater, you see the lights, you mm-hmm. see the stage, you see the guys in the tech booth that are running everything, and you still suspend your disbelief and enjoy the show. Now, in a movie, if you went and watched a movie and you could see all the lights where they had them set up and all that kind of thing, you wouldn't like it. You know, you'd be like, what is this going on? What's this, what are they doing here? And it's destroyed the realism of it, but yet we accept it in other situations. And I think a lot of it is, you know, what are you accustomed to? What type of genres are you fans of and what things are in your mind are you willing to just let go and enjoy and what things are do you are you like no this this needs to change yeah it's just opinions and mm-hmm. you know preferences yeah it's more about the realization that when you go to movies and see all the lights and stuff they're like they should have done a better job at this and cut this out something like that and when they go to like the theater and I'm running tech or something, and they see the lights above them, they say to themselves, there's no way they could get rid of that. Yeah, it's just part of it. You can't cover it up. This is just Mm -hmm. part of the show, so they're fine with it and go on. Mm -hmm. But they're more picky when they're watching something that, I would say, like experts, or someone expert doing that. It's like you're talking about indie horror. I'm going to be a lot more forgiving of cheesy effects in indie horror than I am in the Scream remake or the Halloween remake, Mm -hmm. which has a, you know, multi-million dollar budget versus this guy who who scrounged up, you know, $20,000 to make his, you know, life's work dream movie that he's always wanted to do. You know, yeah, I'm going to be a lot more forgiving of that guy than I am the big ones. You know, and it helps you stand, you know, I guess to take this full circle, not that like the other thing was in the other podcast, but to take it back to Sam Raimi. And uh, we were talking about uh, the the Madhouse, Madhouse, Madhouse. <laughs> Multiverse of Multi- Madness. There Multiverse it is. Of Madness, uh, yeah. yeah, it also helps you appreciate more, you know, in the 1980s, Sam Raimi and some dudes took $30,000 worth of stuff into the woods in Tennessee mm-hmm. and made the evil dead. Yeah. And we're still able to, and he's pull still off. making that same movie. Yeah. Well, and they were still <laughs> able to pull off, you know, shots, vibes, you know, effects that to this day, not only do Sam Raimi films contain, but also some, you know, you, know, you can look at some camera work in some horror movies today oh, yeah. and it all goes right it goes back, back to, to that. Some, some dingbat who was like, okay, I need to make this, this camera go through this entire house real fast. Let's nail it to a two by four and then run. Right. You know, like, yeah. that, you know, they just, they, you know, they made it work. I fully believe, and I know we're um, getting more off topic than we are focusing on your music stuff, but I fully believe that there are directors and movies that they work better with lower budgets. Mm -hmm. They work better when they can't do everything they want to do, when they have to be restrained by technical problems and they have to fix technical problems. They end up with better films than if they can just make what they want to make. And the two examples I always use of that are Steven Spielberg and George Lucas, Mm -hmm. because when they were restricted back in the seventies by what was technically possible, by what could be created by what they had the money to do, they made some of the best films that were ever made in star Wars and jaws and things like that. And you, get to the point now where both of those filmmakers have no limit on the amount of money. Mm -hmm. Anything they want to do, they can do. Whatever their vision is in their head, they can make it. And you get movies that you're like, oh, well, okay, yeah. Um, The one I look at with Spielberg was like AI. 
it was just kind of a, all right, yeah, that was a movie. You made it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Whereas when they had limitations and they had to work around those, it made a much better film because you saw their creativity and you saw them overcoming obstacles and struggles and alarm bells that tell us it's time to change class and all the other things that they overcame in order to create the film made the film better. Well, yeah, you can tie that. I mean, like you can tie that right back into music. I mean, some of the, you know, you had a whole lot of limitations on. You know, first of all, you got to find the studio to record it. Mm-hmm. You got to steal, steal a beg, borrow the time, uh, or you got to save up the money. So you might, you might save up the money and you get, you know, five thousand dollars worth of studio time, which is nothing right. in a major market. You know, if you're in Nashville, L.A., New York, or whatever. So you're like, okay, guys, we have three hours to lay down twelve tracks. Yeah. Go. Yeah. You know, versus now, how many bands? Kind of like you say, like, you know, there, there are bands right now that, you know, of course, like you look at some of the, the weirder stuff, some of the big names have put out. I mean, Metallica never could have made Load and Reload if they hadn't had uh, the Black Album. Right. Uh, you know what I mean? Like some bands take the take the stuff that they get when they make it big and they say, OK, now we have the freedom to change, to adapt, to do new stuff. Mm-hmm. But other bands, like you say, it just kind of throws the vibe it just off like they, right, they right. it's it's too big it's too much there's and i guess you know you're saying we have kind of come full circle on that because the movies do it and bands do it too because you asked the question about the bands like you know do they sell out is that good or bad and the same thing happens in movies you know you get some people i think that um sam raimi is a good example uh you give him you know all this money and tell him to make a good movie he still makes a good movie you mm-hmm. know, when he made, you know, the Spider-Man movies, he did direct Spider-Man 2, which I still feel is one of the greatest superhero movies that's ever been made and was fantastic. And then he did a great job with uh, Multiverse of Madness and all that. And it all goes back to the $30,000 he spent in the woods in Tennessee. And he's he's still the same Sam Raimi. You know, some things may some movies may not do as well as others. And that's just life. But he's still the same guy. He's still making the kind of films he wants to make and putting out there what he wants to do. So he's an example of, yeah, I got big and I'm still doing what I want. So that when, uh, Gil- I always, I can't do it. Guillermo, Guillermo del, del Toro. Toro. Yeah. Uh, you, yeah. Whether, you, no matter what budget you give him, you're getting his movie. Yeah. And, and I don't know. All right. Uh, good times. So yeah, there's, we could spiral. We could, you, know, you mentioned oh, yeah. you know, Spider-Man 2 is one of the greatest superhero movies. I think it's one of the greatest sequels of all time. Then you get into, okay, well, what are some of the best sophomore albums of all time? Yeah. That's a great question. That is a good question. Because you know, you know, a lot of bands, you hit that sophomore slump. You'll experience that. You know, you're, you're, you're a freshman coming up, right? Oh, freshman year is great. It's terrifying. It's wonderful. It's all these wonderful things. But then sophomore year. like what's kind of there. Yeah, it's yeah. like, well, you're... You're not the new guy anymore, but, you know, you're not on the top of the heap either. So what do you do? So it's like freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. Yeah. Your freshman, it's like you're scared, but it's And everything's like, new. And you got an excuse. That's mm-hmm. the great thing about freshman year is you got excuses. You're just like, hey, dude, I'm a freshman. I'm still figuring it out. Sophomore's like, what do I do here? Sophomore's like, you should know better by now, but mm-hmm. you still really don't. Uh, junior's like, get me out of here. And senior's like... I'll see am y'all I still later. here? Why am I still here? <laughs> yeah. Uh, sophomore. What is the the, the the translation means? A wise fool. Yeah, wise fool. You know enough to be dangerous, but not enough to be Dumb. effective. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, party people, guys. I, I I can't thank you guys enough for uh, letting me do this. This is uh, 
This was awesome. Maybe we can do it again sometime, and the equipment will function the way it's supposed to. Listen, I got all summer long. Uh, so, yeah. All right. Well, thank you, guys. I hope uh, again, this is everywhere. I'm going to put it out on Spotify. It's on Apple. If, if you're listening to it, you already found it. Uh, but uh, encourage your friends, your neighbors, your loved ones, your mortal enemies. I need music. So you can reach me at uh, wallscast at gmail.com, wallsamcnary.org. I am Mr. Walls. I work at Adamsville High School, so you can find me there if you want to get you – know, this is for everybody, not just the you know, school people. But uh, find me. Tell me what you're jamming to this summer. I look forward to more episodes. Uh, and thank you, Mr. Walters and Daniel, for uh, for being here. Glad to be here. Mm-hmm. All right. Until next time, be safe, be kind, be nice to your neighbors. <laughs>